You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Episode 100. So excited to be celebrating this milestone episode with all of you. And stay tuned. We have some exciting guests that are going to be popping in throughout. Thank you so much for being with us for 100 episodes. It's so exciting. And I mean, what better way to start off this 100th episode than talking about some sandwiches? I mean... I get it. I've gotten in a fight over a sandwich before. It have happened on a float trip, um, and our first sandwich got waterlogged. When we got back to the campsite, my husband ate the other sandwich and did not save half for me. So I, it was my boyfriend at the time too. So I totally get it. But I mean, that is such an iconic fight. Like I'll never forget that. Oh, I mean, it's up there with "Don't Activate Me." Like I already know Lindsay sells some merch, and she's gonna have how many sandwiches have you made for me? Like that's already gonna be going on the t-shirt. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she's probably on top of it already. I think it's kind of fun watching this, knowing they're going to break up. Like, if we didn't know for sure, there would be a part of me that's like, oh, girl, why are you getting back together? Because they, like, you know, we clearly saw them make up. But, like, knowing they, in the end, break up, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm all right with watching this continue for a little bit longer. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and someone else who I could continue to watch over and over again is Carl. He, I mean... God, he looks amazing. I love too. And he was like, I drink a lot of water. Yeah, I have to pee a lot, but my skin looks amazing. And it really does. I mean, he looks, looks awesome. He looks great. And I feel like we don't always get many guys kind of in their confessional talk about how good they look. And I appreciated it. I love his confidence, body positivity. I'm all about that. And the fact that he's like, yes, I'm glowing. And then he said that like, so like, he's just so happy. I, you could sense that he's really proud of where he's come from. It was weird, though, while watching it. Like, I kept thinking, like, wow, we've really come a long way that Amanda and Kyle are the only healthy relationship in this house. Yeah, that is an understatement. I mean, those are things we never thought we would be saying. But after so many summers of, like, summer's not fun and <laughs> all the things that they've gone through with the cheating allegations, I mean, I'm glad that they're here. I'm also glad that they don't have to have conversations about their love language which you and I had a sidebar on this and I know you're not super into it, but I'm all about the love language and mine is acts of service is my number one. I am not positive on mine. It's not that I'm not like into it. I just never, like, I only took the quiz because one of our friends made us, uh, 
in between going out um, for a friend's wedding. Like, I mean, go like in between, like when you go out in between the ceremony and the reception. And so I was like, okay, but I, yeah, it's not really something that I use at all in my everyday life. Um, but it was funny listening to them talk about it. I will say though, um, I loved the episode. I'm, I'm like, obviously I'm here for summer house. I did not necessarily enjoy part two of Salt Lake. And I think it was just, I felt so uncomfortable watching Mary go from being like MVP of part one to maybe the most cringe worthy person in housewives history. I love that you glazed past Luke and Hannah because that's how over we are t- talking about Luke yeah. and Hannah. <laughs> but we'll do, a, we'll do a poll on, you know, getting your all thoughts. But yes, Mary took, it was quite the turn of events. Like I, you know, I've admitted to being a flip-flopper and I definitely am flipping back to, holy shit, Mary, like what was that? That was a spiral I feel like, you know, Abby and I have had a lot of side conversations about Mary and her well-being, but it seems like there's some internal racism there. There's just a lot of things that kind of made me feel weird. You could tell that Andy wasn't even sure how to handle it. Like as she was talking, like giving her answer, really what started was the 7-Eleven question. And then she was saying that she doesn't find dark men attractive. And like you could just see Andy is like so, and she kept going he's like, so you find white men attractive? And not the, it's, there's nothing wrong if she finds white men attractive. It's kind of weird that like she's judging just solely on skin color, but it was just such like a weird comment to be coming from somebody of color themselves. Like it was kind of like, oh, okay, absolutely. like, I mean, that's knows, why there's colorism in the community. Yeah. Like that's why there's colorism and like, you know, there's so much history and I'm, you guys can do the <laughs> research if you want to learn more regarding that. But I, it just, I don't know. It just made me sad. Yeah. It, I think too, then Andy took it like a little too far. Then he started asking about like her sex life and it felt very uncomfortable for me. And I know you felt the same way. And maybe it's because I think Mary's been through some trauma. We talked on the last episode about that Reddit string. She was asked about her divorce and she was kind of like, well, there was just a, a, well, no, we're just not together. Like she was like very frazzled by it. And so there are like, for those who didn't listen last week, there's a Reddit string that basically says part of the reason why Mary di- divorced her first husband, his name is Dana, um, is because he like forced her to give him oral sex numerous times, which is like, I just think she has a lot of trauma when it comes to like, like sex and physical, physical, like physical love. And so then yeah. it just felt uncomfortable Andy asking about it. I felt really uncomfortable, Andy, asking about it. I mean, you and I have talked about this. Like, unless Mary brought it up herself and was talking about her sex life on the show, sure, like, that's, that's game. You you can ask about it and bring that up. But she's never discussed it. So I just didn't think it was necessary. I didn't, I didn't really like that from Andy. Yeah, I just, yeah, exactly. It just seemed like something she doesn't talk about. And not everything is up for discussion when you're on a reality show. I think there are things that it's just, in general, like, you know, your finances are going to come up because you're on a show about being extremely wealthy. But that part of it, I was just like, I just, I didn't enjoy it. And then like we go to, and I think maybe overall why I didn't love part two, I still don't understand why Lisa Barlow got so upset. I was like, Lisa, I was pulling for you, Mary, I'm pulling for you. And you two just let me down so bad in this episode. It was wild. I mean, Tornado Barlow, like she was amped up on some Diet Coke, some fountain, maybe she got a bad fountain soda. I mean, I get pissed off when that happens, when they need to change the tap. But 
Lisa was all over the place. I, I have to remind myself in watching and because I am rooting for Lisa and I do like her, I do feel like two things happen. One, I don't think she prepared for the reunion at all. I can totally hear in total Lisa Barlow voice like, yeah, like, why do I need to prepare? I am a CEO. I know what to say. Like, I can totally hear her channeling that energy. And two, they filmed for 12 plus hours. It's, it's possible during the editing that we're missing something that got her so amped up. But I just think she didn't prepare for this. Yeah, I think she or she just yeah wasn't expecting it to go like this, the, to be this intense. Um, so yeah, part three is coming up. They purposely edited it to make it seem like Lisa's not necessarily there. I think she comes back though. I mean, maybe she misses a little bit, but I mean, I think she comes back and sits down for the majority of it. Oh, absolutely! I definitely think she comes back. Um, so before we cover New Jersey. Our first house guest, uh, a New Jersey housewife herself, the queen of the pigtails, Marge, uh, talks to us. And we do want to say um, that we hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to this. We'll talk a little bit about it afterwards, but this was recorded prior to the premiere. Um, well, we're not going to put this person in a pool because she is our favorite New Jersey housewife. We love you, Marge. Welcome to episode 100. Thank you. Congratulations on episode 100. My mom's a Bravo. Abby and Vanessa, so excited to be here. Thank so you. exciting. We met, saw you at BravoCon. We were like, you were so sweet and you knew exactly who we were. Of course. When Abby was having BravoCon ticket issues, you were there to try to help us out. <laughs> I so know. Marge is the I'm... real deal, everyone. She's the Thank real you. Deal. Thank you. Well, I'm so honored to be on this episode. Well, thank you. So we're super, super excited to read about your book. I want to hear a lot about it. But one thing, and I think you do an amazing job at doing an amazing job with this but for those of us who have um caviar taste but tuna budgets what yeah. is one thing worth investing in and what else are people going to get out of this book I love the perspective of cultivating your business in a man's world just tell us a little bit more about that well you know what I always say I wasn't born to the lucky sperm club my mother's an immigrant you know single mom at a very young age she left my dad when I was one and a half an abusive marriage you guys will get to hear all about that. We have a very unconventional re relationship. But um, the one thing she really did teach me was the art of hustle. It's important for every woman to really work re regardless of your background. It's for your mental health as much as it is um, for your financial well-being. At any moment, the rug could be ripped out from under you. So I think that was one thing that she really instilled in me. And you will see that all along the way. And there's a lot of mistakes that I made that I don't want other women to make. Um, so learn from my uh, mistakes. And, but I don't look at anything as a failure. I look at everything as a life lesson. So every chapter has some life lessons, what I, what I had the takeaways, what I learned at that part in my life. And I think I've learned so many important lessons of how women, and we have to take care of ourselves and listen to our gut instincts and don't let that inner voice say to us, oh, you're being dramatic or and if something doesn't make sense um, or it's too good to be true, it probably is. And it, there's no shame in protecting ourselves. So I think that's a lot what you're going to get out of the book. And there's some, a lot of things people don't know about me that you're going to learn that I've never said on the show. There's things in there my mother didn't even know. Uh, things that happened to me in my life. When Joe read it, there's some heartbreaking things. So that's good. Um, as opposed to the tuna fish budget, the caviar dreams tuna fish budget. Uh, you know, there were so many things. Listen. 
I'm always about the high and the low. The things to invest in, don't wear cheap shoes. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Shoes last, you could always resell them. Clothes going in and out of style. Good shoes are always a good investment. That's on the, that's on the superficial note. That's what I always Oh, say. I want to know that. This is yeah. the stuff I want to know. And plus- Everybody always looks at your shoes. Do not to wear tell cheap shoes. tell my husband, do yes, not wear I cheap always shoes. the shoes. It's always about the shoes. No, inexp I don't care what anyone says. It's about the shoes. That's more of a good investment. My clothes, I buy so much shit at Zara. They knock off the top designers. I'll wear expensive clothes, but I'll also mix in a lot of Zara because they knock off everybody amazing. And, it, and it's great, some great fashion pieces. I mean, listen, the puff sleeves, I have a puff sleeve uh, Zara shirt on right now. This I month. noticed that, I love the puff sleeve. Yeah, I can't get I, enough, I love puff sleeves. I can't get enough. I always tease Jennifer, She is ever, but every time I see her, she always has a puff sleeve on, I crack up. I don't think she gets hers at Zara though. No, 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 no. Hers is, Am hers is Amazon. And then, I mean, she's proud of it, but I mean, then, you know, I'm just like, come on. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, I, another part about the book is we're going to learn a little bit more about your life as a mother. We get to yes. learn a little bit more about your son. But one thing that's always stood out to me is I love how close you are with your stepson, Sil. And I yes. know that blended families are not easy. It can be a challenge and it's an ongoing journey. Do you have any advice for anyone out there who's getting ready to remarry and they're going to start a blended family and how to yes. make sure you maintain that closeness? Yes. I have a lot of advice because also people, which you'll read in the book, I was married to my ex-husband for 20 years. I raised all my stepkids, three stepkids. Then we had a son of our own. Joe also has two children who we're extremely close with, but I don't talk about that on the show. So there's actually six children in the mix, even though two were not, you know, we're disconnected now, but I raised them from a young age and we had an amazing relationship the entire time I was married to Jan. Um, you don't go in thinking you're their mother, but you have to go in there with love. You are not top dog in the father's eyes. I don't care. Kids come before everything. Joe never thinks he comes before my kids. I don't think I come before his kids. It's not a competition. There's enough love to go around for everybody. And that's the way I was looking. Don't dog their mother. Don't ever say anything bad about their mother. Always be united front with their father, but don't. And I think if you have custody of the children, which we always had custody of the children, yes, you could be a disciplinarian, but don't be a hard ass. It's all about love, time, patience. Don't take anything personally. But again, it's not a competition. You don't have to, you know, that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. It's like, you're not going to be number one. I don't care. You don't have to be number one. Kids come first before any spouse, in my opinion. And I think that's what people have to realize, even in second marriages, the kids are the priority. That's, I think that's so important. Even in, I mean, I think my <laughs> marriage now, I mean, yes. I love my husband, but not I not the way you love your kids. No, it's just, it's a different level and it's an unconditional and it's just completely different. And I, it is. And, and people and a second wife has to realize that. Yeah. Um, it's just that way. That doesn't mean your husband loves you any less. You just love your children in a different way. And if you're, if the second wife doesn't have children, you go in there with love, acceptance and patience and realize it could be such a beautiful thing. And if you wind up having a child together, it's just the glue that makes it work. And that's, I was blessed to have that. I love that. I just think that's, it's just such a good way to look at it. And you can tell that you're so close with your stepson. And that's the only yeah, one we've Brett, got to see. We love that. Yeah, Brett, we're very, we're very, very close. I mean, he's only, uh, eight years younger than me, believe it or not. But I went in at a time, which is crazy, but Joe's kids I'm super close with. My son, 
you know, um, glued to his leg, which, you know, he'll never be on TV. He's repulsed, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> it might be for the best. I think sometimes it, as you're an older child. Yeah, my child, kids, were all, they all have very serious careers and they're just like, we're not doing this. Okay, so we got to know your signature pigtails. How did yes. that start? Tell us all about that because we're obsessed with them. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I wore them at a very young age and brought them back when I was in my 20s. I, you know, I took a little gap for a little while. And then one day I was like, oh shit, I'm just going to put my hair. And I, it, my hair wasn't long enough to put in a ponytail. So I put them in pigtails and everyone's like, oh my God, you look so cute. You look so cute. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear the pigtails. And there are pictures in my book that you will see when I'm in my 20s, 30s, I am wearing pigtails. It's just, it worked for me. It looked cute. I always loved it. And then when I got older, I was still, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still coughing, COVID after effects. Um, <laughs> Joan Rivers said to me, you're different. Don't ever change. Don't, you know, still always wear your pigtails, which I do. But now I wear a lot of different hairstyles as well, which I did. You know, I'm always in costume. That's my style. I always have a look. I always have a theme in my head, be it 70s, 60s, 40s. So whatever theme I have in my head, I want to look like that's what I'm going for. But on regular days, I still wear pigtails. I love it. I just, I don't Thank know. You. you rock the pigtails. I've always like, God, I Thank wish I could so wear much. pigtails like that. Thank I just you. feel like Marge, you're just authentic. You're the real deal. I think oh, if anyone you. were to take anything away thanks, from thanks. just you and this conversation is that you've always been true to yourself. Thank you. And I think that's important. I mean, you don't want to be someone else, right? And I think everybody who goes on a show like this should be authentic. And I think people could smell fake. Uh, as a longtime uh, viewer, I can say we can't. And you can tell when people are trying to control a narrative or a story. And I think you just do a good job of being yourself. It's not always pretty, but that's life. And I, that's yeah. why we love it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, that's human. You, you know, you see the side of everybody. No one's perfect all the time. No one looks amazing all the time. No one makes the best decisions all the time. And you just do the best you can in life and, you know, and be relatable and, and try and be, a, you know, the best person you can possibly be. Well, uh, I love that. That's such great advice. Marge, thank you so much for coming on. This means so much to us. Oh, we appreciate it. Well, congrats again, my fabulous ladies. Thanks for having me. Well, hope you guys liked our little chat with Marge. Uh, and now we need to cover the episode. I, you know, so little like uh, editor's note, we interviewed and recorded with Marge prior to watching the premiere, um, so we did not get a chance to ask her about her new boobs, but I would have told her how amazing they look. If you, if I didn't love, I loved Marge already before, and I fell in love with her even more getting to talk to her. And fun random note, you all have heard us talk about Anthony Laria before. He's a close friend of ours, and he like randomly was at Marge's house while we were recording with her. Had no idea that we were doing that. So it was a very much an Oprah full circle moment for me. It was like the universe was like aligned. The stars were all in the right place, but we love Marge. So hopefully you all enjoyed that. Uh, so now let's dive in. I mean, I want to jump like right to the meat of it, but there was a good buildup before we got to this kind of like epic fight, which there's still been a lot of discussion, team Jackie, team Teresa, team in between. So kind of the, you know, the groundwork or the, you know, background here. So we're at a party for Evan's birthday. Jackie plans this for Evan. And, um, you know, she said typically she doesn't do a big party, which we've seen how she does parties before. Pizza just throws the, you know, uh, party favors on the ground. But she really this was like a really nice party. It was catered. There were decorations like it looked very nice. 
Yeah, no, it was a really nice party. I was, and I know COVID precautions were taken with all these shows, but I kind of wish they would have done a little blanket statement because I was like, wait, was this before the pandemic? Oh, no, there's still a pandemic happening. They all have face masks, like the wait staff had face masks. That's just me venting well, about Well, the other COVID. thing too is like, I get that like everyone on the cast and crew is tested. I don't know if they tested all of her friends prior. Like, I think they would have been like Stephanie Pullman did a really good job when Dallas started. It was like, you're going to come at us, but just know we're tested like every three days. So I'm like, okay, well that it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it, it is, but it's not because they're, they're being as safe as they can while still filming. Yeah. I kind of was like wondering what was going on there. And they were like, People were like hugging, but then not like yeah. not hugging. I was like, that's okay. what I kept thinking. I'm like, wait, why is everyone hugging and giving each other kisses? Like, these are the things. Thank you, COVID-19 that we think of when we watch reality TV now. Um, I feel like every time though, like it's funny, but I'm also like, dear God, this comes up every freaking party when these women get when these women get together. I don't really need to know who gives blowjobs and who doesn't anymore because it's been discussed at length. It, it really has. I did laugh. Jennifer Aiden like, always – she's a fun housewife. Like, I really enjoy Jennifer Aiden. And I laughed when she said they don't call it a job for nothing. Like, I just – But like, she's, yeah. she said that before. She said that last season. Well, I enjoyed it. Even though uh, she I'm said just, it last season, I still I still like I still like it. I, I'm I just kind of like, joke. get some new material, girl. Like, we've, we've heard you say that. Um, but so they're at the party. Teresa gets drunk and – I think she made up the rumor because she was like, doesn't Evan do things at the gym? Doesn't he like do things? And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, if someone coming up came up to me, and was like, doesn't Kyle do things at the gym? I'm like, like lift weights. Like, what do you mean? Does he do things? Or I would have thought like steroids. Like, I don't know where you're going here. I mean, also, again, we're in a pandemic. So like to do things at the gym isn't, I feel like, as easy as it may appear considering all the different protocols most places are taking. Like it's just kind of crazy to me. No, I completely agree. I, I, yeah, I was like, okay, I, I think you're totally making this up. But she kept telling anyone and everyone who would listen that he sleeps with women at the gym to the point that like the day after the party, it really felt like nobody thought that like Teresa was just like passing a rumor they've all heard. Like everyone was kind of like, no, I don't think like I don't think there's any truth to it. And I don't think she should have brought it up. She was, I mean, we've never, Teresa's been very messy in all the seasons of her being on Housewives, but she truly had zero fucks going in. Like, I've never seen her just haphazardly, like, with her vodka, whatever drink, just kind of walking around and be like, hey, did you hear? Did you hear? Evan's hooking up. Evan's hooking up. And, like, not not caring at all. Like, she just truly does not like Jackie. Yeah, I think she just truly, truly wants revenge. Um, and I think, you know, Jackie, as we'll find out, wasn't having it. But before we get to that, I did find it kind of like heartbreaking that David and Dolores really do not have a healthy relationship. And I think obviously we're going to see – I don't know. Like I thought we saw pictures of them still together. So maybe they work through it. But it seems like this is just not – there's really not a lot of love and spark there. It's just more friends. It's very strange. So, you know, as Dolores is old school and she's like, I need a commitment from him. I'm not going to move into this house, but I'm going to build my dream house that my ex-husband was the contractor for. But I'm still living with my ex-husband, but my son is living with my current boyfriend because I don't want 
to (laughs) move in with him because he hasn't proposed to me. Like that whole, like saying that out loud. And I really hope after she said that, like she realizes like how crazy that is. And Dolores deserves better. Like the woman is hot. She got her ass lifted, lifted, whatever. She looks amazing. She's always looked incredible. You look at pictures of her from season one to now, or her first season. She's, I mean, she looks, she's a bomb. She's a drop dead. Like I have, my, I have a woman crush on Dolores, but she's stunning. I, yeah, I just don't understand the lack of commitment from David. I, I don't really get it. I mean, a part of me is like, do you just not not like being on camera? Like, why are you continuously falling flat for me? But I do think reality TV. I don't think you can hide from things from it. I think it really shows a lot of things, and it shows who you are. So, I, I kind of like get the fuck out, David. Give the Ooh. house to Dolores and get out. Well, he bought the house. I think it's I know he bought it, but I'm just I'm feeling fired up right now. Um, like I don't think he needs to give her the house because he pays for it. Um, but it is kind of awkward that she like designed it for him. Um, yeah, no, I just felt like I, I kind of like it made me feel bad for her that he. I get she like lied to him about it because he's not like for elective surgery, being a doctor himself, but. I don't know. I just feel like in a relationship, if it like meant a lot to her to get the butt lift, then he should have supported her with it. It just like that made me sad that like she lied about it and he made her feel bad about it. I'm like, clearly there's just some red flags here. Well, and but, how do you lie about that? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I guess well, they he, don't, he works. I mean, yeah, they don't live together. And I guess he works so much that they don't see each other that often for her to get away with the recovery. Like, what did she say on the day she's having surgery? I just it's a very unconventional relationship. Well, yeah, like, what did she do? And he was like, hey, do you want to hang out tonight? And she's like, I can't. I'm recovering from surgery. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that would have been a, an interesting text exchange. But I want to dive into the fight. So basically, Jackie's friends that were there that are not on the show let Jackie know that Teresa was talking very loudly to anyone and everyone that Evan cheats. And this deeply hurt Jackie. I think so. People are like, well, clearly, like, there's some truth to this. And that's why she was so upset. I think she was more just upset that, like, she never really throws a big party for anything for anyone, like, in her family. And the one time she does, somebody decides to, like, tarnish the, like, the guest of honor. Like, she was doing this for her husband. And his birthday gift from Teresa is that she's trying to convince everyone that he's cheating on her. Like, I I get why she was angry and why she was upset. And then Teresa's response, where there's smoke, there's fire – I mean, like, all that's doing is just basically saying, like, I believe it, even though she won't reveal the source. No, I mean, and I feel like she and, you know, I say that a lot and I I do kind of believe that there's smoke, there's fire. But I do think Teresa, like, if like show the receipts, like this is a moment in Housewives where pull up your text message. You can, I mean, more than likely, you can maybe cover up the name, show the receipts, show what you've seen. Like, if there's truth to it, then, like, prove it. Like, don't just kind of hide around it. That's why I don't know that there's much validity to it. And Teresa should know there's been cheating allegations with Joe when they were married. So she should understand and know how hurtful that is. So to me, this is truly, she was manipulative and um, vindictive in the sense that she truly wanted to hurt Jackie. I mean, she went after Kim G for the exact same thing. Like you said, like they were married. It seemed like their relationship was okay then. I don't think this is the same. And like I am, I'll just say like I am team Jackie on this. 
I don't think this is the same as when Jackie was being asked about the photographs in the like the press about Teresa with other men that like, oh, like she accused Teresa of cheating. If there were photos of Evan with another woman and Teresa commented on that, like, yeah, it still stings and it would be hurtful. And I could see why Jackie, that'd be upsetting. But this is to me, that's a totally different situation. I mean, there were there were physical photos while Joe was in jail of Teresa with other men. And so I think we all are like, oh, like she's dating. No one really thought that much of it. It's just, to me, I feel like it's not a fair comparison. No, not at all. I mean, and then Jackie drops that bomb. Which like, so a lot of people were upset about it saying like she's spreading rumors about Gia. I mean, to me, it was very clear that this was a comparison because she said that would be like me saying Gia does coke in the basement of parties at Rutgers and stuff like that. I mean, I think, did she have to like bring Gia up? Probably not. Like, I think, you know, she could have maybe still said like, that would be like saying, you know, your kids are dealing, you know, you you have a kid who does drugs and I had, I just make it up. But I also get the point of like, it's like, I think it's hard to make a point with Teresa and you've got to go, sometimes you have to go strong with her. Yeah. See, I, I do side more with Jackie in, in general, but I do not think she needed to bring up Gia. I, I just think there's other ways to make that analogy and hit that point without bringing her name to it. And just, that part just kind of made me feel a little yucky. But I I don't know. I mean, clearly it, it hit her nerve with Teresa and she left saying, see you next Tuesday a million times. I I just... Um, it, it was... um. It was an intense thing to watch. And for all of that to happen in the first episode, my mind is blowing. And I have a feeling as the season continues, there's going to be, you know, we're getting a little bit of the Candace versus Monique vibes. I feel like people's stance on things are going to continue to change and evolve. Yeah, I know. I That's, I, that's my hot take. I feel like there's going to be more to the story. Well, and I think, I think now like Teresa is just going to, all Teresa is going to say now, anytime anything comes up about this, I mean, even though like she still is in the wrong, like Jackie probably should not have brought up Gia, but that doesn't take away from what Teresa did. Like Teresa's still in the wrong. I think she thinks this is going to absolve her from what she did. And she's just going to, anytime someone talks about it, she's going to just deflect it back to, you know, well, Jackie said my daughter does drugs, which is not entirely true. But I also get like a lot of people are like, let's be honest, Teresa thinks it's ingredients. Like she's not the most intelligent. I'll just say it. I don't know if a comparison like that, like if she would really comprehend that it was a comparison. Like I think she thinks in her head it was like a rumor being spread, not a comparison. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. Hurt people hurt people. Like I I think watching, I mean, Teresa, I mean, Jackie said it. It was kind of a shot. She's had a crappy decade. Like she's had a lot of shit go down, let alone being in a pandemic. Um, And then Jackie on the other side, I mean, you could sense the hurt as she was when she did go below the belt, like her veins were popping. She was like, yeah, very, very angered, but yet composed at the same time. I I mean, they're both hurt. And when you're hurt, you say some things you, you don't that you may regret. So I'm curious to see how this evolves. I do hope it doesn't become like the entire season, but knowing Jersey, I feel like there's going to be more to the story. Well, let's just ask the source. So here comes our next guest, Jackie herself.
we are here with, we are, we are calling you the new queen of New Jersey, Jackie. Aww. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I love that title. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're our queen. So there you go. We are just so excited to chat things, motherhood and, you know, just about learn a little bit more about your life. Maybe what we don't see on the show. My top question though, being a mom of two little kids, I'm still in the, the van phase. I'm driving a van. I know you've upgraded. Do you miss the minivan at all? I don't. I was so ready <laughs> to get rid of it by the time I was done, but I had had it for nine years at that point and I was just over it, but I loved it for like the first seven years of it. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, the sliding doors, they come in handy when you're holding two kids and you know, having twins. I mean, everywhere, it's like a magic spaceship. It's like every time you like knock your elbow into something, another cup holder pops (laughs) out and it was crazy. It was the best car for when you have little kids. Yes. All right. Well, I, I aspire to have the upgrade that you, that you got from your minivan. <laughs> we also, we, we get to know you pretty well on the show and your social media, but you know, there's obviously a lot that we don't get to see. So we wanted to know what's a random fact that no one knows about you from like the show and from your Instagram that would be surprising. Um, I think people would be surprised to know that I'm actually a very good piano player. I had no idea. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Uh huh. I think the only time I really posted it was um, over when COVID first started. I did a duet with Hudson um, to Don't Go Breaking My Heart, where I played the piano. We both sang and people went wild for it. So we're currently working on another duet, but he never wants to practice. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How long did you play piano for? Um, All through childhood. I started when I was six and then I stopped in high school. And then, you know, I really kind of gave it up. But every once in a while, when my family is all out of the house, I'll like sit down at the piano and play. Oh, I love that. I love, I really love that. Wow. I I always wanted to play the piano, but we, I just never like took lessons, but I did try to play the violin and it was not, it didn't sound good. Uh, That's a hard instrument, but yeah, Yeah. I love the piano. Oh, good. I want to know. So tell us a little bit how you transformed yourself in your career. I mean, you started out as a lawyer, then you, we know that you've dipped into writing. There's been articles that you've pub, that you've had published and now you're a housewife. Like what advice do you have for women who just want to take a leap of faith in their life, career, whatever it may be? Um, so it sounds cliche, but like no one's going to knock on your door um, and give you opportunities. So you really have to go after what you want. And if you have an idea, it can either live in your head and die there or you can really go for it. And I think that um, if you don't do things that scare you, it's scary, like going out of your comfort zone, but if you don't take chances and you don't do things that scare you, you're never going to get anywhere. So definitely take chances and don't be, it's so easy to be lazy with it and just put it off or like let fear overtake you or let, you know, let yourself think that no one's going to want you to do this because other people are already doing it better. Um, so just, definitely push yourself, take chances and go for what you want because no one's just going to give it to you. That is amazing advice. I feel like, especially during this pandemic, we've all had more time at home and I feel like you kind of have an understanding more of like what you don't want. Like I'll speak for myself. Like I, I feel like I've taken this time to like self-reflect and realize, okay, I don't want X in my life. I want more of this. And like you said, you have to go after it. So I, yeah. I love it. I'm all about manifestation. So if you really <laughs> want it, put it out in the universe. You got to make it happen. Okay. So we get a lot of messages about your man, Evan. He is 
you know, he's up there on our list of hotties. Oh, what yeah. is his, what, aside from his physical features, what would you say is his best feature? Um, I think he's just so patient. He really is like, he's so patient. And I especially saw it without all the nonsense that went on over this past um, season. He's just like, he's really, I mean, I have to say also like his empathy, like he gets it after he calmed down, like he knew like that it was hurting me too. And he saw how badly I was pained for him. And like, he was just really patient with the process. And I don't know. He's also the best guy. He really is the best guy. I'm so freaking lucky. Um, so I guess his patience, his empathy, and he's also the best daddy. He's the best daddy. I love watching him with the kids. I mean, I think that now he's going to be catapulted to number one uh, house husband. Oh. Among- Watch out, Mauricio. Evan's yeah. Coming. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's always Evan and Mauricio. Does he ever like yeah. think about like- Well, he doesn't really look that often, but he gets a lot of messages. He appreciates it. He loves the love. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on and celebrating episode 100 with us. We appreciate it so much. I loved it. Thanks for having me, guys. I love talking to you. Well, there you guys have it. I mean, clearly Evan is the hottest man in the world and the nicest man in the world. And to borrow some uh, a phrase from our favorite people in Charleston, I think you could almost say he's unbothered. <laughs> He's, he's clearly very unbothered. I mean, Jackie seemed unbothered. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a debate that's going to divide friendships for a little bit, whether or not you're Team Jackie or Team Teresa. But I have to say, we're definitely Team Jackie. I mean, she took the time to talk to us, so we're forever grateful for that. Team Jackie all the way. Um, now time for Dallas. I have to say, okay. I'm not liking Dallas this season. And it has nothing to do with Tiffany Moon. Like, I, I, I love Tiffany. I don't think the women are really giving her a chance to be, like, an active part of the cast, if that makes sense. But, like, there were so many times where I was getting, like, Bachelor vibes. Like, I kept getting distracted and doing other things. And, like, for me, that's a sign that I, this is not a good episode. There's just kind of a lot of different things going on. And I think in terms of housewives feuds, when you go down the history of all of that, I don't know that Deandra and Carrie are up there. So I think – and I think what makes it a little painful, watching them, it feels – it, it feels real. Like, it doesn't feel like they're fighting over, like, Lisa Vanderpump and Dorit over a puppy. Like, adopting yes. a puppy. Like, this yes. feels a little deeper than that. So I just feel like they are, you know, I, I said this earlier, hurt people hurt people. And I feel like they're kind of, like, taking, like, mean shots at each other. Yeah. And it's just not really pleasant to watch. I feel like I like I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching a real fight. And I think there's so much more to it that, like, we don't know and that we'll never really understand, like, this fight. But it doesn't seem like either one of them wants to let much go. And so, like, it just makes me sad. Like, And maybe that's what it's missing. Like, we, we needed their friendship. They were fun together last season. And I loved them. I will say I still – there are parts I still enjoyed. But, like, when I think about the highlights for me, it was really – Deandra talking about all the bands and nobody knew who they were. I like, I love when someone name drops and it falls flat. 
You know, I, I, it is kind of funny that no one, I mean, I hardly knew some of those bands and I enjoy some good 90s alternative rock. I knew some of them, but I mean, I did enjoy just hearing these tales, like Deandra's tales of her youth and the mistakes she made. Like, I, I think it makes her um, just a little bit more likable. I think not having Mama D have such a presence with her in this season just makes Deandra a little bit more human. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, I also, you made a note of this. We, for those of you guys who are maybe newer listeners, we have a shared note so that we make sure we we talk about everything that we want to talk about in these episodes. And you talked about the B12 shots. And I was actually like, as she was getting the shot, I was, I've never done B12, but I will say there's like a vitamin concoction that for me has like a 95% effect, effectivity rate of not getting a hangover. Yes. And Abby and I, we celebrate when we lived in the same city, we celebrated um, our birthday. This was the time Blurred blurred Lines. That song was really popular. We called it Blurred Vines. And I also want to Ab- say that song was con- considered appropriate. Later, it turned out to be a little bit more like about like date rape. But at the time, we didn't – it wasn't exposed. <laughs> yes. At the time, we didn't know. We were just young and drunk and having, you know, lots of wine. But before we began our wine winery tour, she, Abby, handed everyone a bag of, like, vitamins. So it was very much like Lisa Runup. And she's like, all right, take this so you don't have a hangover. And it, I'm trying to remember. I know it was NAC 600, and I think it was vitamin B. And it was – you took both of those. It turned your pee neon. I always warn people. I'm like, your pee will be neon. And um, yeah, I mean, it it definitely works. I also will use liquid IV. I think it might be a little bit more placebo, but if I'll take that before I drink and after. So there you go, guys. There's your hangover cure. Things things you didn't think you were going to learn from Real Moms of Bravo. But other than that, I was kind of like, all right. I mean, I'm kind of over <laughs> this episode. And they're in Austin. I love Austin. I just didn't, I just didn't love the episode. There's just kind of like a lot going on. Like, I feel like there's not a lot of focus. It's like, I feel like we're throwing a lot of things and seeing if it sticks to a wall. Like, I just feel like it's kind of all over the place. What did you think of this week's Atlanta? Because I'm curious. We haven't discussed this yet. You know, I, okay, I enjoyed it. I am getting a little bit like, okay, producers, you're really stretching out this trip. This trip was probably like a weekend and now we're on like we're going to have four episodes on it. So that part kind of annoys me a little bit, but there tends to be like enough to talk about that makes it a little entertaining. I did enjoy uh, Cynthia Bailey pulling a Sonia Morgan with the doggy bag, like taking it to Mike, which was like that part was hilarious to me. I also thoroughly enjoyed Candy. I've always loved her, but Candy is the kind of friend you want. She calls you out on her bullshit, and I love that she put Kenya in her place, but did it in a way that wasn't, like, super confrontational. Like, it was, like, very much girlfriend to girlfriend. Like, hey, that was really shitty of you to do. And, like, they were laughing by the end. What did you think about it? I – okay, so I kind of had the same thought of you with the episode. I'm just kind of like, one, can we get to the part that we all want to see, which is the strippers? I They're intentionally dragging this out. But I just feel like we didn't need four episodes in Charleston. Like, it's not that big of a trip. Like, I think they were literally just doing, like, a long weekend. Like, they're there for, like, four days, and we've had four episodes. But um, I I agree about with Candy, though. I really liked listening to that conversation because I think a lot of times when housewives confront one another about something they did wrong, it instantly turns into a fight. And, like, Kenya even try to, like, turn things back on Candy 
And Candy would like kind of give a little bit of like a, that why that wasn't true. But then she said in her confessional, like, I'm just going to let this go, but I'm not going to forget about it. Um, I just I don't know. I think she's like you said, she's the friend we all need when she kind of calls us out on our bullshit. And like it, if you're hosting, I don't even care if it's not even if you're hosting. I, if you're on a, a trip with people and there's not like set meals already like, you know, coming or in the fridge. Like if, if there was just chef coming to make lunch and she's like, I don't, I don't want what they're making. I'm going to order something else. Maybe. Okay. But like, I've never been on a trip and like just gotten like ordered solo food. I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to order a sandwich. Would anybody else like one? Like, I just felt like it was rude. It was super rude. I did appreciate that she'd like eventually apologize, but like all the women were like side eyeing her. They're like, "Okay, girl." Like, like maybe the apology, like Kenya, um, maybe you should bring food with your apology. Like, be like, "I'm gonna overcompensate for my mistake." But it was, it was that part was interesting, and I will say it's something that was very powerful to watch was watching the women, especially Portia, kind of waiting to hear Brianna Taylor in the verdict. And I do think it was a reminder like you know as black women like sitting together and putting all the bullshit aside and remembering what's important keeping Brianna's Taylor name out there and just kind of it's real life like this could have happened to any of them and it's the reality of the world that we live in so I I thought that was really powerful on how they did that I agree. I thought they did a really good job showing it. Uh, I also really appreciated the conversation before the verdict between Tanya and LaToya. I think a lot of times when we hear about, you know, racism, we just kind of assume that every other country has this, but maybe not to the same level. And I'm sure there there is examples of racism in every single, you know, country, every single city, unfortunately. You know, I, I I'm not naive enough to think that, like, there's some country where it's, like, perfect harmony. But it was for me kind of eye opening that like Canada doesn't have it to the level that the United States does. And we're not, you not know, as it's like prevalent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so much of that's like, I mean, for me personally, like where I, where I grew up, I was fortunate enough. And I think because yes, I am black, but I am mixed. I'm a, I'm not extremely dark skinned. So I, I have some privileges that come with that. And I feel like there it's, It's mind boggling to me that, yes, even it's just mind boggling to me that we are still in a world where someone because of their skin color gets treated so differently. I I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's it's I don't know. It's it's disheartening when I think about it. Yeah, it. It, yeah, it's just terrible. There's really no like way to like maybe pivot this onto something else. And so I think at this point, all I can say is um, it was a heavy episode. It, I think it was impactful and it was done very, very well. I was kind of curious how certain things like, I mean, because the, there's other stuff that's going to happen um, related to, unfortunately, racial, you know, uh, injustice that happens while they're filming. So I mean, in, like, as I knew this was going on, I was wondering when, like when or if we were going to see some of the stuff. And I think they did a really good job of showing it. And, and I the agree. Impact of it. I agree. So. I think they did a great job. And, you know, like we said, there's no good transition to this, but we're going to get Bolo the stripper. Uh, I did get a preview of the episode. Um, it was like kind of circling online. Bravo Insider shared it. And I will say, I, so the clip that they shared was like the producers like leaving. It was like very much breaking the fourth wall. And they're like, yes, we're free. Production's done. They're gone. And then the women are going through and covering up the cameras that are in the house. So that was wild. 
that was a little wild. And I will, I mean, on one hand, like, yes, as a viewer, you're like, yes, like, this is amazing. But then on the other hand, it feels like kind of betraying their trust a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I don't, it, it, like, I'm excited to see it, but I kind of have the same thing. Like, it feels bad that we're going to watch them when they think they weren't being watched or like listen to it when they, you know, like I, they thought they were done. Yeah. What's but. a movie with Jim Carrey? Oh, the, the Truman show where you're always, yeah. he's always, yeah. Kind, yeah. It yes. kind of felt like a little Truman show esque, like just kind of like they didn't think that the cameras were on, but clearly they knew it happened because I don't know that we would be seeing the footage if they, you know, put their arms yeah. up enough. Very, that. very true. Um, so with that, that is episode 100. I like this is so exciting. It obviously was going to be longer. I think. I mean, there was no way we could do a recap of five shows and have two housewives on here and not uh, go slightly over. But hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I know there's a lot of you who have been listening since the very beginning, and like I, I'm shocked that not shocked, but I didn't know if we were going to make it to 100 episodes. Didn't know what this journey was going to be like two years out, and it's been. So fun. It will continue to be fun. And we hope that we can just make the improvement so that you guys continue listening and continue loving what we put out there. And I want to give another little shout out, not only to you, the listener, but also to our loved ones who have supported us, our spouses, our friends who have been huge advocates for us. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like a lot of them, when we told them that we're going to start a podcast and also make memes for fun, they're probably like, okay, that's cute. But the fact that we've kind of kept going and have been able to make this a little something for ourselves, it says a lot, but we couldn't have done it without their support. So thank you. And any of you listening, if you're hesitating, I'm going to like reiterate what Jackie said. If you're hesitating on doing something, just go for it. Just do it. This has been so fulfilling. Yes, it's reality TV, but it brings me so much joy. So thank you so much for being a part of this. And while you're at it, why, what better way to celebrate 100 than by giving us a five-star review? So please, please, please get, leave us a five-star rating. Um, please leave a little written message. That's how we continue to get these amazing guests. And if you want to know the latest on what's going on, we spill some tea on our Patreon Patreon com slash real moms of Bravo. Um, you can join for $3, $3 membership, $5 membership. We are spilling some tea there about the winter house cast that just was announced. So check that out. And with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes give up on a workout you failed seriously what the hell we're body we've been a part of that too but not anymore at body we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality not in a pizza monday kind of way in a loving your whole life kind of way in a this workout is fun and it's okay if i take a week off kind of way in an i'm eating healthy and it's okay if i indulge kind of way in a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.